Aleluia, Jesus. Thank you for standing. We'll just read these first couple of verses and then you can be seated here today. It says, Then drew near unto him, him being Jesus, all of the publicans and the sinners to hear him. something attractive about Jesus that all the sinners wanted to come and to hear what he had to say. They weren't running away from him, but rather they were running to him. Now the Pharisees and the scribes, those are the religious people, the ones who were at the temple, the typical ones that you would look to for religious instruction. They saw what was happening as all these sinners and the publicans who are the ones that uh, have this profession that was just uh, in their day a disgrace for a Jew to have. The Pharisees and the scribes, they looked at that and they murmured saying, this man, again, this man being Jesus, this man, he receives sinners even eats with them. Now Jesus, knowing what they're thinking and talking and speaking under their breath, says that He spake to them this parable. And He goes into a parable, really three parables, all of them interconnected. Each of them speaking about somebody who is lost or something that is lost. First one he tells of is of the story of a shepherd. Now Jesus would often do this, speaking in stories or in parables, trying to tell, get a point across uh, indirectly. He's not going to directly address their need or directly address what they're saying, but He'll tell us a timeless truth through a story or through these sets of stories. So he begins with this parable of the lost sheep. And he tells them of a shepherd who has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray. And what does that shepherd do? He goes after that one lost sheep and he brings it back into the fold. Because one's important. That one lost sheep is important. He's thankful for the hundred that, and he's thankful for the ninety-nine that, that stayed there. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't care about the one that's gone astray. And so he leaves the ninety-nine under the protection of of, of whoever's who's still there with them, or um, just them being in community with one another. And he goes after the the one, and he finds it, and he brings it back. And then he tells of the story of this woman who. She had 10 pieces of silver, and she lost one piece of silver, and it was in her house somewhere. She knew it was right there in her house, and, and what does she do? She doesn't just, you know, just shrug and say, well, I guess I have nine now. No, she searches her house, and she searches everything and, and tears everything up you know, from uh, ceiling to floor, looking for that one piece of silver that she lost. Why? Because one is important. And one piece of silver, even if it's lost right there in the house, it's it's important, and she searches for it. And she rejoiced when she found that one piece of silver. And then he goes into this story that we're going to get into here today of this prodigal son, a father who had two children. And one of the children goes and leaves the household and 
begins living a life that his father would not approve of, that the family would not approve of. And, and he's lost. He's, he's lost to the world. He's lost to the family. He's, he's just lost his way. And we find in this instance the, uh, the father not necessarily going out to find the son, but rather uh, we see this from the perspective of the son and how he finds his way back home. And we're going to get into that here today, but I wonder before you're seated, if you could just, you could set your Bibles down and, and let's just lift up our hands one more time in this place so we could receive the Lord, receive his word that he has for us here today. Lord, I'm so thankful, Lord, for every opportunity that we can come into your presence, Lord, as we have already felt it so powerfully, so, um, God, so present, God, your presence just here in this place. Lord, I pray that you would right now, Lord, help us to move beyond any distraction, move beyond anything, Lord, that would uh, would cause us to be uh, have our focus, attention, to, uh, Lord, away from you. Lord, I pray that right now, Lord, that we would set our minds on you, that you could speak clearly to us, speak clearly through me right now in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Praise God. You can be seated here today. I told you to set your Bible down. I hope... Uh... And close it. We're gonna, we are gonna dive into that parable here today, and just want to read it. I'm sure many of you are familiar with the parable, but there's some who may not be. So, just want to open the Word of God here, beginning in verse 11 of Luke chapter 15. Jesus, again, again, remember the context here. He's telling this to the group of people who were belittling the fact that Jesus went and spent time with the sinners and the lost. And so he presents this story to them. And he says, a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. He divided unto him his living. In other words, this is his inheritance that he should have received after his father died. But he says, I want to receive it now. And so he gets his portion of his father's inheritance, his father's goods. Uh, and verse 13, not many days after the young son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, he wasted the substance with riotous living. When he had spent all of that which he had received from his father, there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want. And he went and he joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into the fields to feed the swine. And that may not mean much to you, but to them, when Jesus was telling the story, that phrase right there meant a lot. He's telling this in a culture to people that they looked at swine as being a very unclean animal and not just unclean as we view it, unclean, being a dirty pig, but... This was something that you just don't have anything to do as a Jew. You don't have anything to do with the swine. And yet it says that this job that he took was to go and to feed the swine. Verse 16. He would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? Here I am, I perish with hunger. 
I'll arise, I'll go to my father and I'll say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. And so he arose and he came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and he had compassion and he ran. He fell on his neck and he kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no more worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet, bring hither the fatted calf, kill it, let us eat, let's be merry for my son, for this my son was dead, and he is alive again. He was lost, now he's found. So they began to be merry on that day. I just want to talk for a few moments here today, and I'm going to pull the title of my sermon out of verse 16 of this passage. Out of a message today is simply feign. Feign. Now, that word is it's not really uh, part of my regular vocabulary. I don't often use this in my conversations. And really, to be honest, I had to, to look up what that word even meant. So, to get where I'm going with, with feign, this is the title of the message. Really, I want to I wanna pull from another scripture and... Uh, sorry, brother... Josh, I don't think I gave this one to you either, but another scripture that it comes from the message of Jesus and uh, one of the greatest messages he ever preached, the, the Sermon on the Mount. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, Jesus makes this statement. He says, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. I want to fo- focus on Three words that Jesus said there. He said, hunger and thirst. He said, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. And now, we all come in in different shapes, different sizes here this morning. And I I know that that our, our appetites may fluctuate, may be different one from another. Um. Me, I uh, sometimes I can I can put it back and and eat and and I'll, I'll have a whole whole meal in front of me that uh, perhaps you would say you you couldn't eat all of that, but believe you me, I can I can eat sometimes when I'm hungry, eat a lot. And I I remember uh, I remember well a night this is years ago years ago my my older brother Aaron and his wife, Brittany, they invited me and my new fiance at that time. It tells you this is years ago. We've been married 13 years now. And so uh, I'd been, my brother invited us to go out to a restaurant and his big fancy restaurant over in Elkhart where he lived and he was going to take us out in celebration of our engagement. And so uh, this was really my first time eating at a, at a fancy restaurant like, uh, like this. And so I remember going in and, uh, and we sat down and began to look over the menu and, and I was looking over this menu and man, that stuff looked good. And I got to this one menu item said rack of lamb. My man. Now me, I, uh, I grew up on a farm. We didn't have lambs, but I did grow up in, uh, involved in 4-H and showing animals and, and I knew the, what size a, a, a lamb was. I mean, 
that's, that's a pretty big portion of meat there. And especially, I mean, this is backed up by the fact that that thing costs $48 on the menu. That's, that's got to be a big piece of meat, right? And I order this, and I, uh, I wasn't the one paying, so I didn't mind the, the $48, but... I was hungry that day. I remember I was, I was excited about the meal. And so I'd been, I'd been preparing myself. I don't want to come into this, this full. I want to go in. It's a nice restaurant. I want to go in. I'm going to, going to leave this place full and I'm going in hungry. I'm going to leave it full. And so I order this rack of lamb. And I just happen to remember that, uh, that soon after I had ordered that, that rack of lamb, this whole big side of a lamb. That that the way another waiter comes and brings to the table that was next to me, and he presents to them and he says, "Here is your rack of lamb." And I remember looking at that and thinking, "I hope that that is the appetizer of the rack of lamb, because I'm hungry. I'm hungry, and I don't want just the baby lamb. <laughs> I want the full lamb." Right? And I was sadly disappointed when the, our waiter came and he presented to me on that day the rack of lamb that was three little bites of lamb that were delicious, but left me leaving that place probably hungrier than I, I went into the place. And so, and so sometimes, you know, we come into a place hungry and, and we're expecting to be filled, right? You're expecting to be filled. You see, Jesus, he used parallels of natural things to explain things in the spiritual realm. In Jesus, he said, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. And I know what Jesus was talking about when he starts talking about being hungry. I understand that kind of language. I've, I've been there before. I've been hungry. Now maybe I don't understand it to the level of some people in the world. I, I know that there's some who they have truly experienced hunger, hunger. And I'm thankful that we live in a blessed a nation that, that I, I have not myself experienced hunger as many in this world have truly experienced hunger. But I would say that I personally at times have been hungry. See, hunger it's simply a sensation in your body. It, it, it serves a vital role in keeping you nourished. And, and hunger, that's what compels you to seek out food. It's, it's the thing that it may kick in just because you, you saw some stimulus, some, some stimuli that was out there that was linked to food. Maybe you, you drove past that, that restaurant that, that you tend to go into. And just because you saw that sign, all of a sudden you said, man, I'm, I'm hungry. Or you were walking through the mall food court and all of a sudden you smelled some food that was coming out and, and you all of a sudden, because of that little bit of stimulus, you got hungry. Now, sometimes it's nothing, uh, nothing that, uh, causes it except for maybe a little bit of boredom. And, and anybody ever been there? You just late at night, you're bored and then you need to go to the pantry and, and grab out something or you maybe are the one that opens up the freezer and gets that tub of ice cream and, and forget about the bowl. Let's just skip the bowl. Let's just grab the spoon and let's go to town on some ice cream. 
So you didn't have to be taught how to be hungry. Minutes after you were born, you began to cry. You were, you let out a cry telling your mother that you want some food. That's one of the first things that a mother will often do with their, with their child is, is they, they will uh, try to get that child to eat soon after it's born. This, this, this thing, it's, it's not something you have to go to school to learn how to be hungry. It comes naturally. So I believe that spiritually the same thing is true. You are born with a hole and a void in your life that can only be filled by Jesus. And your hunger and your thirst, it comes naturally and it pushes you to fill this void in your life. There is a void that you were born with, something in you that says, my life is not complete. I'm searching for meaning. I'm searching for something that will satisfy me. I'm searching for something in life. And there's many things that we can try to do to fill that void, to to fill us so that we are no longer hungry or we no longer have this void in our life. And perhaps some of you here uh, are here this morning and, and your hunger has led you to the snack closet of life. And you've tried to vi- fill that void that's in your life with things like relationships and drugs or promiscuity or or a life that's de- uh, devoted to your career and, and self-help books and, and meditation all kinds of things that you try to do to fill that void in your life. But if you truly desire to be full, then you must hunger and thirst after the right things. Jesus said, hey, that hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. The right things fill you up and they keep you at the table wanting more. The wrong things will eventually wear you out. Jesus said, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, the right things shall be full. And there's something incredible with God that when you start pursuing the right things, the, the more that you get into his word, the more that you spend time with him in prayer, the more that you spend time with him at an altar and you begin talking to him and worshiping him, the greater that that hunger becomes. This is what's interesting about this. Maybe it's somewhat of a paradox that you would say, well, I, if it's, if it's a, a hunger that I have, then, then, uh, and, and I would come and, and maybe I just do it one time and I no longer have to do it. But, but what you find out is the more and more that you find the right things to fill that place of void, to fill that place where you are hungry in your soul, you begin to say, Lord, I just want more and more and more. And I finally found the thing that satisfies me. And I find the thing, Lord, that I no longer have to search for something else. But I found it here in you. And Lord, let me be full. Oh, and I'm going to go back to the table over and over and over and over. Because this satisfies me. Oh, this satisfies me. I'm pulling the title of this message. Here from that passage in Luke chapter 15, where it says that that younger son, he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat. 
And no man gave unto him. The younger son who was there, he was down and out. He was at the lowest point in his life. And, and it comes to this moment and, and it says he would fain have filled his belly with the husks. This is the pig food. The things that he was feeding to the pigs. He would fain have filled his belly with that. But then uh, he remembered. If I could just get to the place where my father's at. If I could just get to my father's house. Maybe. Maybe I would be made whole. Maybe I would no longer have this hunger, this continual hunger in me that is not satisfied by the things that I am receiving in this place that I'm at. See, fain, this word fain, it's a peculiar word. It comes from a Greek word, uh, epithemeo, which means to have a desire or a longing for something near to the point of coveting or, or of lusting after that thing. It's, it's a strong desire. And this man, this young man, he, he got to a place where, where he had a strong desire to be filled. He, he found himself in this place where uh, he was, he had been going just through the course of life searching for things to fill this void. He, he went out and he, and he searched all the, all the, the, the party places, the joints that were out there that he had friends that as long as he had money, they were friends. But when his money ran out, they were no longer there to be found. He searched for it in the drugs and the alcohol and all these things that, that he, he found out in the world that he thought would satisfy him. But, but he, he, he finally came to a place where it says he was fain. He recognized, I have a hunger that cannot be satisfied by that which I continue to, 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 to try to fill myself with. I have a hunger that can only be satisfied in my father's house. I have a hunger in me that I need to do something about it. He got to a place of being fain where it says, I cannot keep going in this direction. I cannot keep going to and dipping into the well of the world and that which man has to provide for me. But I need to go to my father's house to find a place or to find something that can satisfy my soul and satisfy my hunger. See, for him, literally, he got to a place where his hunger, his hunger drove him back to his father's house. And it was when this young man would fain have filled his belly that he rose up, he got, went back to his father and he had this hunger that was so deep, so desperate within him that, uh, that he, he says, I, I'm not going to let anything get in the way. I understand that I've shamed my family. I've under, I understand that, that I've, I've made mistake after mistake after mistake. And, and, and if you've been there before, you understand the shame that's involved in that of coming back to the Father's house. There's got to become a point that you say, I can't let anything come in my way. 
There comes a point when you are fain. There comes a point when you are so desperate to fill that void. There comes a point where you say, I am hungry enough that I will not let anything get in the way. I'm not going to let relationships get in the way. I'm not going to let the the ties that I have to this world get in the way. I'm not going to let the shame that I have get in the way. I'm not going to let anything get in my way. I need to go to the place that I know that I was in once in my life. I was made whole. I was I was filled up in that place once before and that's the only time in my life when I truly felt whole and so when he got to that point of being feigned he says I've got to get back to the house, my father's house I've got to get back where I know that I can be made whole I've got to get back where I know I will not be hungry if I've got to go and I'm going to be a servant I'll go and be a servant if I've got to go and I no longer have the status of a son that's okay with me I'll go and I'll just not be a son anymore. But I know where I am no longer hungry. I know where I'm no longer searching for that which will satisfy me. And that is in my father's house. Man, if you're not catching what I'm saying today, let me just say it plainly, that if you have if you have walked away from God at any point in your life, then I want you to know that God's He is still calling you and He is still here and looking for you and He is searching for you here today and He wants to spend time with you and He wants to invite you back into His house and let me tell you, all He's waiting for is for you to get to a place of fame where you say I can't do it anymore. I can't live the way that I've been living. Let me surrender my life and come back into the presence of God. Let me go to my father's house. God, I will give up everything in order to be in your presence. God, I don't even care what status I have. All I know is I want to be in your presence because that is where I am no longer hungry. God, I'm no longer searching for that which satisfies me. I know that in your presence, I can be made whole. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. The thing is that we find with this parable that Jesus tells is it was up to the sun. It was up to the son to come to a place where he says, I can't continue doing this. I can't continue on the path that I've been on. I'm never going to be satisfied. I'm never going to be to be, be, be uh, made whole or I'm always going to be hungry and, and I'm always going to be searching for the next thing. And here's the thing. The world can, will always promise you that they have the next thing. That's exactly right. It's a lie. It's a lie. They will promise you, I've got the next thing. The next, the biggest, the greatest, the thing that you've been searching for is just around the corner. It's just around the corner. And the enemy, the trick of the enemy, you see, every time he's he's got something new, 
something flashy to show you. Oh, look here. Oh, you haven't tried this yet. You haven't tried this. And it's just this deep dive that you keep on going in. And there's got to be a time, got to be a moment in your life where you say, I'm done searching. I'm done listening to the lies of the enemy. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I gave you an inch a while ago and you've taken a mile out of my life and you've taken me much further than I ever planned on going. And I'm going to get back to the place where I know that there is one thing that can satisfy me. I know that there is one thing that can make me whole, that I can have peace when I lay my head to rest, that I know that my in my father's house, that there is a rest for my soul, that there is rest for me, that when I lay down, I know, God, I am in your arms and I am protected by you. Amen. But you've got to make the decision. The son had to make the decision. He got to the place of being fain. He got to the place where he says, here I am. I've been searching and searching and searching. And I'm so hungry. I'm so desperate. I am. I covet. I, 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 I long so deeply for something that will fill my belly that I got to take, get this taken care of. And I'm going to go to my father's house. See, when you're hungry enough, you'll do anything to feed that hunger. You are in the right place here today to find the only thing which will truly satisfy your soul. I don't know if you came into this place at this place of fame, at this place where you said, this is the only thing that I'm going to chase after, the only thing that I'm going to, I'm done with the things of the world. I don't know if you came in here at this place, but, but I, would, I would invite you, I would hope that there would be something in you where you could recognize as you look back over your life that the things that you've been chasing, that they have not satisfied you yet to this point. But there is a God here right now who He wants to fill you with His Spirit. He wants, if you would come and you would submit to Him and you could be baptized in His name on every sin of your past can be washed away. Everything in your past can be made clean and, and you presented to him as a new creature, as a new a person that that comes and you're fresh and you have a brand new life before him and he says oh look at this i hey i want to continue to give you life i want to continue to pour good things your way and allow you to be made whole allow you to be filled up i mean there's five things five things that i just want to bring to us here today if you are in this place that you are hungering and thirsting after God. The first is this. I want to invite you if in this place of hunger that you would stay humble at the feet of Jesus. There's something about when you pair hunger and humility together that you find the heart of God. I found this to be true that a person who has a hungry heart that they will reach God's heart. The scripture in James chapter 4 verse 10. It says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Lord, help me to stay needy. Even though, even though sometimes we may look at our life and say, I'm full. God, I'm still needy. Even though I'm blessed, God, I'm in need of you. I need you. Well, that's why we pray. That, that's why we come to church. That's why we continue to pursue God. Why? Because we need more of him. 
Well, I participated yesterday. God, I worshiped you yesterday, but guess what? I'm still going to participate today. God, why? Because the more that we feast on God, the more hungry we become. And that's what I love about a church that creates an environment of worship like we were just in here today. That as you are in this place of worship and there's prayer that's going on, there's opportunities to get involved in in, in different ministries and things that you can do. And the more that you get involved in this and the more that you're in the presence like this, the hungrier you become. Because you say, wow, this is something that satisfies me. This is something that actually fills that void that I have in my life. You're feasting at the table. You're feasting at the table that God has prepared for you. But we need to remain humble as we do this and say and recognize in ourselves, Lord, I need to bow at your feet over and over and over. This is a daily thing. I come to you. This is a daily thing. Why? Because I need you. God, I'm not full. God, I'm not so full that I don't need you anymore. God, I need you. Second thing is this, I want you, uh, to, I want you in, wherever you're at, uh, in, in your walk, wherever you're at when you came into this place today, to s- take a step out in faith. There's a great scripture, it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, it says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. We take a step of faith. Take, take a step of faith today. Take a step toward God and he will meet you there at that place. This is what that son had to do. He had to take a step of faith toward his father's house. As if you, uh, because when you do this, it will bring you to levels in your relationship with God that you didn't even know existed. When you begin to take a step of faith. Sometimes you're only one step away from what God wants from you in that moment or in that season that you're in. And just one more step in faith will break down some barriers that you've been fighting for so long. And God's saying, come on, just take a step of faith. Continue pursuing me. Continue on towards me. And maybe you're in a place where you say, I'm not lost. I'm not, I'm not way out in the world lost. But God is still calling you. Come closer. Come closer. Take a step of faith. I have more for you. Take that step of faith. Come towards me. Would you give up and lay down the things that you think are so important? And would you pursue me? Take a step of faith. Here's the third thing. I want to say, believe for greater things in greater days. Believe that greater things are ahead. Believe that greater days are ahead. I believe that this, this is something that, that motivated this, this son, this younger son, that, that there had to be some sort of belief that if I get back to my father's house, there's greater things. Greater things are there. Don't settle for lesser things. Keep moving forward. Don't, this, this is how you get to that place of fame. Is, is when you're, what the devil wants and what the, what the enemy wants, uh, he wants you to continue to focus on him and, 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 and he'll try to prop up all his things as being greater. But just know that there's the only things that are truly greater in this life come from the hand of God. They don't come from the things of the world. Because the things that are eternal are the things that are greater. The things that have eternal value are the things that are greater. Not the things that are temporal. Not the things that will pass away here in this life. But I want that which is eternal. And that comes in my father's house. 
Believe that there's greater things that God wants for you. And fourth, fourth, I want to keep on moving. Fourth thing is, uh, and I believe is so key to all of this. And that is that you need to make your requests known to God. I'm talking about how we get to this place, how we process this place that we get to in this being fain. And when you're there, when you're in this place that you recognize that you have a need, make your request known to God. See, the prodigal son, when he came to his father's house, he asked for it. He made a request known of his father. He says, I'm coming back. And, and for him, his request was minimal. He just said, I, I just want to come. I just want to be your servant. But the thing about God is he says, no, I'm bringing you back in as my son. I'm throwing a party for you. I'm rejoicing because you've made it back. Come on. But, but he came and he presented his needs to his father. He said, I'm in this place that, that I, I, I recognize that you don't owe me anything, God. You don't owe me anything. God, I do request of you that I could be made whole. God, I request of you that, that Lord, in this place of brokenness, in this place of, of emptiness, Lord, that I'm at, Lord, that, that you, Lord, would fill me up, that I could be made whole in this place. Make your request known to God. There's a great scripture, Mark chapter 11, verse 24. It says, therefore, I say to you, whatsoever things you desire, pray, believe that you would receive them and you shall have them. When we need to ask, we need to pray, we need to believe and ask God for specific things. He cares about the details. Ask God to meet your requests. He will respond. Last thing is this, which I believe is so important. Do not give up. Do not give up. Don't stop coming to church. Don't stop praying. Don't stop giving. Don't stop worshiping. Don't stop pressing. Come on, just stay with it. Just stay with it. If God be for us, who can be against us? Come on, there's nothing in this life. There's nothing that the, this world can throw our way that should stop you because God is greater than any of that. Let's keep on pressing. Come on, if you truly get to a place where you say, I recognize my hunger and I have a deeper desire in me to be made whole, then to just continue pushing deeper and deeper and deeper if that's that place of pain in you and i want you to tell you don't give up right then don't give up and just lay in the pit with the with the pigs but say i'm going to get back to my father's house i'm going to turn things around i'm going to ask god lord fill me up fill me up lord i have faith come on maybe you're not in the deepest darkest place right now but have faith god lord i am desperate for more of you god i want more of you today Lord, I want to be made completely whole, Lord, in every area. Come on, in this place. Could we just stand right now? Amen. God wants, God wants to make somebody whole today. There's somebody here today that you came in and you were in a place that it was not, was not whole. You have some things in your life that you've been trying to satisfy with the things of the world. And maybe it's done a decent job at moments of your life, but I can tell you it's going to come crashing down at some moment. The only thing that will truly stand the test of time is the Word of God and the things that God would have to offer us. 
when you come and sacrifice or when you come in, in, a, in response to him, I mean, there's something that is lasting. There's something that happens. Because when we come to him and he begins to pour his presence into us and it begins to fill us up with something that you have never experienced before. Maybe it's just been some time since you've experienced it like that. And I would invite you right now. I would invite you up to this altar right now. Amen. If you are hungering after God, if you're thirsting after Him, if you would hunger and thirst after the right things right now, God says, I will make you whole. I will make you whole today. If there's anybody here right now that you desire to be baptized and to have your life completely transformed and changed, I would invite you right now. God, amen. He can wipe away and wash away every sin. Come on, right now in this moment, we can begin a new life. I invite you to come up. Amen. We can have a brand new life here today. Amen. If you are in this place where you say, God, I've been searching and all I know is if it takes a step of faith, Lord, then today is going to be the day I'm going to take that step of faith. Amen. I invite you right now. Come on, would you desire him? Would you take that step that that son took in that day where he said, I'm going to my father's house.